Hello, Queens. Welcome to She Speaks Love, Women of the Bible series. We're so excited to share these incredible women of the Bible and highlight their personal story and their legacy. These podcasts will encourage, inspire, and share wisdom from God's Word as it relates to women in our unique circumstances. Let's get into their phenomenal story and the power of their voice. Today's woman of the Bible is Rahab the harlot, presented by Queen Dr. Dion. Uh, when I started thinking about it, a lot of songs, you know, I, I break out in song every now and then. And the song that came to me was from James Brown that said, uh, it's a, this is a man's world. And they can't do anything <laughs> without a woman or a girl. And so I think when you think about Rahab, even though she is uh, referred first as a harlot, we have to remember, we have to think back and remember the times, as Michael Jackson said, because the time she was in and the people who are in control of, the, of her narrative leaves out so much of the important parts that she has played. And so when you have a change of perspective, and I hope that that's what I will provide for you today, you'll, you'll see what I'm talking about. And uh, let me see. So Rahab, I don't want you to be distracted by the title of a prostitute that is always, almost always, she is referred to as Rahab the prostitute, and in, in somewhere I saw uh, uh, the harlot came before her name. Instead, I hope that you will re recall a faithful woman filled with courage and strength who rose above her circumstances, found redemption and her place among God's chosen people, as well as a branch of, of the family tree of Jesus. Each of us has at least one Rahab moment in our lives. Each of us has something that we know folk know about, but we hope they just don't bring up no more. You know, each of us has that moment that, you know, when you're going with this certain group of people, there is somebody who inevitably who's going to reach 20, 30, 40 years back and bring it up. And can you imagine that Rahab, it's been thousands of years, how many centuries ago? And she is still referred to as a harlot. So a time when we have to choose to believe and trust God and the promises he has made us despite our circumstances. And we have to think now, we go back. Uh, Rahab is a Gentile. She's not a Jew. We have to think back. Go back in time and think, wow, there were no laws. The laws had just started being implemented with the Jews. It hadn't been in effect 
but a little over 40 years. So she's living in a time where um, the belief in all these idol gods, that's the going thing. She's living in a time when women are so, you know, women are needed, but in their need, they are so demeaned, so degraded that uh, even with the laws that the Jews have, they are subjugated behind the men. That they and the men can do the same thing and they will be stoned for the doing of it. So when you look at Rahab and you call her a harlot, and yet she is a businesswoman uh, with a, a, a special skill set, why? How, Lord, is she still existing in such a cruel world? Because you understand that uh, for the Jews, a woman, a woman caught in adultery or, or serving as, as a prostitute, uh, they, were, they were killed or they were ostracized. So a man could use a woman and rape her but the woman be killed and ostracized as if she caused him to come along and do that. When you think about this, that even in death, her past is remembered before she's acknowledged, that she's considered a failure and marginalized, and marginalized before she's recognized as a woman of faith even. You say, really? How could that be? It's because She's a woman living in a man's world. Oh, let's see here. The first Gentile record recorded in the Bible of being converted to Judaism is her confession and her statement of faith in one true God of Israel. And it's made by only two other people in the Bible, Moses and Solomon. Now, you say, well, how can she believe? She, there was no Bible, there, there was no guide for her. So how did she come to this faith? And she had not had any, for what, what we can tell, any real contact with the Jewish people. It's because as God says in his word, you can see the hand of God, whether you've had somebody to show you the way. Just think about it. You didn't put the sun out there this morning. You don't cause the rain. You didn't cause the tornado that hit in Branch Heights last week not to injure anybody. You have, there's so many things that you have absolutely nothing to do with. You don't have e even control over your existence on this earth. But you know by venture of what you're looking around you that there is a power beyond you. And so Rahab was the kind of person who looked around and analyzed her situation and made the best of it. How long has she been sitting in the window looking out uh, from the direction of the Jordan River so that she could see the encampment of the Israelites? How long has she been there? When you look at the verse in the Bible, it says, Joshua told the spies to go and do a task. 
that the first thing they do is they go to her. How did they know to go to her first? What were the signs that were up there? Was the red uh, string already in the window designating a fallen woman? This is where you go, just like the scarlet letter. Uh, was it that she was sitting in the window and saw them come and they looked up and saw her? And because the people who are relegated to the edges were not living under the in the communities on the inside, they were all alongside the wall. When you stop and look at this, you say, how on earth could a pagan woman who is considered to be so lowly and so poor with a horrible job, not only learn about the God of Israel, but come to be such an have such an absolute trust and faith in him as her God as well, without ever speaking to anybody. This is her. She has found God for herself because she recognizes somebody that is bigger than her. She's living under a patriarchal situation. Canaanites were enemies of Israel. She has a profession as a prostitute. She's considered weak and broken because of a career. But is she really? Stop and think about it. She has to have courage, intelligence, be quick with it, resourceful, perceptive, wise. She takes action. She's hospitable. And she is a skilled negotiator. Is she moving from failure to faithfulness? I don't think so. I think she was a seed that was planted and then bloomed. Her faith saved her family, her parents, her siblings, and all who belonged to them. And yet she was unmarried and had no children. Her actions lead to the success of the Israelites over Jericho. Her home was within the outer wall of the city. Can you imagine that you are watching them every day? for six days, march around your city. Your house is in the walls. All the tribe is marching, not a few. Can you imagine the rumblings that she's feeling? She has made this deal. And am I gonna survive? Cause I can feel the vibrations of the walls with all these people marching around and they not saying anything. They just march around and they go back every day. Do you think she might have had a crack in her faith of, I have made this deal with the people of an unknown God? But she kept her courage. She had made this negotiation to save her family. And then on day seven, they go around seven times and then they holler out. Can you imagine the noise coming in through that window like a microphone into her house? The dread she must have feared, felt that the falling of the walls and yet where she was, the bricks didn't fall. They didn't fall until the, the spies came and got her and her family. Imagine all of this. Could she not then believe and know that she was on the right course? 
who led her to that? That unknown God that she still didn't know anything about, but she could see him. She could see him every day out of that window. The person who thought who is thought to be the lowest of low. She knows the evil of her people and she can see God's covering of the Israelites. And she's looking at salvation through the window of a harlot. That string was the thread of evidence. And she went from a, a house of shame to the hall of fame. And yet she still called a harlot. But see, with God, you don't have a pedigree. With God, you are his, and all of us got the same thing. And you, he, you don't have to know the Bible word for word. You can see and hear. The Bible says God sings to us. But when did he sing to you? He sang a lot about me, and I slept through the storm. You know, he sings, but I hear the birds and they wake you up and your alarm clock in the morning. He sings because when you feel the rays of the sun on your skin, it's warming you, not just from the outside in, but from the inside out. He is having this personal, almost, orgasmic relationship with you as he fills your heart and your being with the essence of his majesty. Can you not feel that? Can you imagine here's a woman who knows a God of a God unseen, untaught, who is making that kind of difference in her? That, that is Rahab. She does not deserve by us queens to be called a harlot. Each one of us have walked her walk in some kind of way. And so, yes, we're in service and yes, but when you say, you know, you ought to say, Queen Rahab. Mm -mm. Queen, and that's, that's, that's what she is. That's what she has established for us. When you look at the scripture, the Hebrews 11, 31 says she believed in God's sovereignty, which led her to help the spies and leave her life behind. She left her life behind. With a, did it? James 2 and 25 says her actions were the proof of her faith. But she had had no formal relationship with the God who just had only in 40 years established that group of the Jews. She married Salmon from the tribe of Judah. She's the mother of Boaz and part of the lineage of Christ. But was she a stained woman? I don't think she was. I don't think she was. Women are important. Genesis 2 and 18 says, it is not for good that a man should live alone. And God made a helper for him. We are equal in importance and we should not allow anybody to demean our importance wherever we are. She was subject to manipulation. She uh, 
but she was brave and, and trustworthy. And she said, let us strive faithfully to say what we mean and mean what we say. You have heard it was said that our people long ago, don't break your promises, but keep promises you make to the Lord. And Matthew said that. Does our individual faith affect other family members? Hers did, ours does. By contrast to Rahab in the very next chapter, chapter three of Joshua, Achan, who stole spoils for himself from Jericho and is a, fright, is a frightening example of God's response to unconfessed sin. The other Israelites stoned him and all his family. So judgment came to everybody for Achan, but grace came to Rahab for her entire family. So here we see that the family is not just a biological and social unit, but it is an entity through which God carries out his blessings and his judgment. God does not limit himself to being the conduit. In fact, the biblical meaning of family comes to exceed its physical and social identity. Next to the physical family emerges a spiritual one. Rahab exhibits this, this under dire circumstances. Women's behavior at the time was extremely limited. Unmarried women were not allowed to leave the home of their father without permission. Married women were not allowed to leave the home of their husband without permission. They normally were restricted to roles of little or no authority. They couldn't testify in court. They could not appear in public venues. They were not allowed to talk to strangers. They had to be doubly veiled when they left their homes. Multiple wives, sex with servants, girls were less poor, important, property of the father and transferred to the husband. This can be seen in Exodus 21, 24 to uh, two and four. They were forced into servitude for life in Exodus 21 and seven and considered unclean after having girls uh, longer than after having boys. In a census, women weren't even counted. You could be married regardless of your witch wishes and could be stoned to death, if not a virgin, when you did marry. And, and you were required to marry your rapist. Deuteronomy 22's destruction for a rapist to marry the woman he raped. Again, remembers this civilization. I want you to remember was not very civilized at the point that we come in contact with Rahab. The common practice outside of the law for, was that the woman would be killed by her family, even if he, she was raped, because it brought shame to the family. Nothing happens to the man. And we know that this still happens now, here in 2022. If she was not killed, she had to live with shame with no options for a future life with a family that accepted her in the culture. Well, if you say Rahab is who she was, a harlot, then 
there's got to be more to the story because she didn't have to have that kind of exist, existence. And so I think that Rahab was a proverbial 31 woman. In Proverbs 31, verse 10, she had virtue. Verse 11, she was faithful. Verse 12, she showed reverence. Verse 17, she had strength and was a hard worker. Verse 18, she was, had endurance, manages money and accounting. 19, she was well-rounded. She makes thread. She had flax up on her roof drying. Flax was good for eating and health. Flax was good uh, to make clothes out of. Flax was used to make paper. All these things she had. And it, now she has a product to sell. So people could have been coming to her house and it's assumed because mostly it's going to be a man that she is doing something illicit. And yet she's doing something that's actually profitable for her family. Uh, let's see, well, around it makes thread. 20, she was charitable. Uh, 21, she's provider. 22, she was well-dressed. 23, she became a wife of a good husband. She was honorable, wise. She became a good mother. She was praiseworthy. She excels. She attains. And she feared God. And yet we call her what? We call her queen. That's what we should be calling her. Joshua gave the people of Israel a message in verse 1 and 9 to be strong and courageous. But Rahab hadn't even been present to hear Joshua deliver this message. It takes a whole new level now for her to think that she was that kind of person, strong and courageous. She shows us that absolute faith gives us the courage and the strength we need to stand against anything. No matter how marginalized you are, you have a place in the kingdom, but it doesn't always come easy. You have to be ready and willing to move when God tells you it's time to move. Have faith and be courageous. No matter how bleak your current situation is, you can have hope. God won't leave you where he found you. No matter your circumstances, God will prepare you for whatever task he has for you. Sometimes he's preparing you for a role that you would never dream of, that you would have in the kingdom. Rahab certainly didn't know she was learning who God was and that she was going to play a prominent role in the Israelites' taking of Jericho. We can be too quick to judge a book by its cover. Prior to taking a closer look at Rahab, I never realized that she had a profound and deeply rooted faith in the God of Israel to this magnitude. I guess what I assumed that it was that since she was a prostitute, she was indeed a sinful person who just happened to be in the right place at the right time. But if you know the Lord, it's no such thing as it just happened to be. So, I never look beyond her title of prostitute, and act, but we actually meet a woman of faith, 
when that did not even exist. We all have great potential in the kingdom of God. This is a man's world. It wouldn't be anything without a woman or girl. I can only imagine how Rahab got to where she is. But we remember the times. She had no Bible story to follow. But whose story are you? And who is telling your story? Not Rahab the harlot. Rahab, a wounded warrior and queen, whose report will you believe? And I look forward to hearing yours. Thank you kindly for listening to me. I hope I brought you something to, to the table that you will enjoy and can chew on uh, for the rest of your life. Queens, thank you so much for spending time listening to She Speaks Love podcast and being part of this amazing Sister Keeper community. Our heart is to bring you content that is educational, inspirational, relatable, and it encourages you to share the power of your voice. So you don't miss any of the conversations, we invite you to subscribe to She Speaks Love wherever you listen to podcasts. Please like, comment, and share. Follow us on our blog at shespeakslove.com. Links are in the show notes.